I need to take you on a quick journey. I'm going to let you out of here. I wanted to speak this morning from Genesis chapter 37. But while the priest was leading us in John 17, something hit me. And I want to just see if the Holy Ghost will direct me on it for just a couple of minutes. Remember, that 17th chapter of John is a prayer that every churchman, every churchwoman, every believer in Jesus Christ, every New Testament Christian, no matter denomination, gender, none of that, you ought to be familiar with it. John 17 is indeed the Lord's prayer. The other prayer called the Our Father prayer is the prayer that he taught his disciples. But when you are a follower of Jesus Christ, when you are a leader in the body of Christ, you need to know that somebody prayed for us other than our mothers and fathers, other than our pastors and deacons, other than our grandmothers and aunts, we need to always remember is that Jesus prayed a prayer for the church. The Christ made intercession for the work of the church in the world. And everybody who claims to know anything about Jesus, including the pronunciation of his name, you ought to eavesdrop on him in this 17th chapter of the Gospel of John where he talks to the Father about us. This is a major prayer. Has anybody in here ever been affected in the course of a worship experience by the prayers? No, I know the music can get to us every now and then and stir our rhythm, but have you ever heard a prayer that got you going? Huh? You know, you know the, the reason why black folk are so involved with the Psalms is because sometimes when your well is dry, you can prime your prayer pump with something from the Psalms. Sometimes when you don't know what to say to God, but the Spirit is leading you to pray, you can run into Psalm number 139, I think it's 24 and 25, where it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there any, be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. The Psalms can prime your prayer pump. Well, John 17 is an even greater word from God. It is a greater word in the Word of God. There are prayers in the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Even when Adam said to God, the woman you gave me, that was a prayer. That was a prayer. Didn't God give him the woman? Well, who else was he going to talk to about her? She had no mama. So when he said, the woman you gave me, that was a prayer. And then when you read and going, going into the epistles of John, you know, um, epistles of John, for those of you who may not know, that's one-eyed John, two-eyed John, three-eyed John. Y'all remember that? That's how we learned it. But there's that marvelous word that says, beloved, I wish above all else that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Great prayers, prayed by great people in great moments. 
But brothers and sisters, there is no prayer like John 17. Because when you read that prayer prayerfully and sensitively, when you read it and study it, your whole scope and understanding of the church changes. Because if Jesus made intercession for the church, if he knew that when he left, the apostles were going to need something to keep them going, when he recognized the effect of his presence, but knew now that they were going to be alone, he said in his word that when I get back to the Father, I'm going to pray the Father that he send another comforter. And the Holy Ghost came on Pentecost. So when we read John 17, even though it's pre-Pentecost, it is setting us up for nothing but victory after victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. After victory, after victory, after victory, 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 victory. He has taken the sting from death, the victory from the grave. Satan is bound. We got the word. We can resist the devil and he'll flee from us. There's a tree in the inn with 12 banners of fruit and even the leaves are good for the healing of a nation so we can be healed. Yo, we are victorious. This morning, I've always seen it, but this morning it jumped out at me. John 17, I think it's verse 12. While I was with them, remember now, we're eavesdropping on Jesus' prayer to the Father. He says to the Father, while I was with them in the world, he's talking about the 12 and maybe even the 120 who wind up in the upper room on the coming of the Holy Ghost. But he says, I kept them in your name, in your name. It was the Father's business. No matter what Jesus did, it was the Father's business. Jesus kind of sort of had no Jesus business. Jesus' business was the Father's business. Can you catch that right quick? Again, Jesus' business, say it with me, was the Father's business. God so loved the world, the Father so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of my Father. He says, I must work the work of him that sent me while it is day, for when night cometh, no man can work. They said one day to him, the twelve, show us the Father. And he said, yo, have I been so long with you and you ain't seen the Father? He tells the Father, I did your business. Now, please understand that when the Holy Ghost came, the Holy Ghost didn't have no Holy Ghost business. The Holy Ghost had Jesus' business. The, remember, the Godhead is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Am I right? The Father's the creator, the Son is the redeemer, the Holy Ghost is the enhancer, the enabler, the empowerer, and they work synergistically. But something happens here. He says, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept them, 
and none of them is lost. Read it with me. Except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Jesus almost contradicts himself. He says, I have kept them in your name. He says, and none of them is lost except. Well, in my own way, I wish he hadn't put none in there. He could have put one of them, but he said none. And I want to share with you what the Spirit said about the none instead of the one. The son of perdition, anybody got any idea who that is? Huh? Judas, the son of perdition, was Judas. Judas is Cariot, as we know his name governmentally. I've kept Peter with his switchblade carrying self. I kept Andrew, who was always in his big brother's shadow. James and John, with their middle class selves, I kept them too. And he knows the shortcomings of all of his apostles, and he kept them, but he zeroes in on Judas. Judas. Just say it with me one time, Judas. A name that you almost have to force people to say. Ain't nobody in here with a dog named Judas. You don't name your cat Judas. I found out even about Jezebel. Men don't call women Jezebel. Women call women Jezebels. There are some names and the history associated with them that some of us don't want to have anything to do with. And we've got sons, we got Peter, we got James, we got John, we got Nathaniel, we got Simons, we've got those names. And I love it the way black folk especially get tricked when we go into the Hispanic community. We go into the Hispanic community and there's a bodega that says Jesus Grocery Store. And all of us, I don't care what you say, when you saw that, you got shocked. Because you didn't know you're supposed to name a grocery store after Jesus? Well, first of all, it's pronounced Jesus. All right? But hey, look, if the name works, use it. Before we started getting a lot of these names that we have black people, guess where we got the names of our children from? The Bible. And all I'm telling you this, if you're going to have a child and give them a name, especially that ain't in the Bible, Please let there be a meaning to it and teach them and other folk how to pronounce it. Huh? I, I don't like to be too ethnic sometimes because I'm older now, but you know they used to say that our Asian brothers and sisters named their children according to the sounds of cooking utensils. You know, you threw up a knife and a fork and said, wing, wing. Well, that's what the child was named was wing. Just a joke, just. <laughs> now, don't 
y'all go out of here and tell that. And they say, where you hear that from? And then you tell them, my pastor. But the name Judas, we do not like. And what we don't do when we don't study is recognize that Judas comes from Judah. So if you said Judah, you also said Judas. But what's even more exciting is the name Judas means God be praised. Which basically says that he had a sense of religiosity. He had a sense of the spiritual. He had a sense of God. But it may not have been according to knowledge. For all of us have experienced people who go to church, carry a Bible, pay tithes and offerings, do the holy dance, sing on the choir, preach from the pulpit. But somehow or another... You know, they, they, you know, it just ain't all there. You know, folk, folk go, go up and down on Sunday when they shouting. And then, you know, if you were at Tawana's house yesterday, you'd be going from side to side. And that wasn't religious music. See, folk who love on Sunday and hate on Monday. And we wonder, why do you go to church? There's something about Judas had a spurious religiosity. And what I saw here this morning is that he's called the son of perdition. The word perdition means lostness, the son of lostness, which means that he was not the son of God. Notice that Barabbas, you remember that name? Barabbas meant son of the father. Son of the Father. Now, in the Scriptures, we technically have two high fathers that are mentioned. I'll say three with Abraham. We have Abraham, who is, is the father of many nations, but we also have the Son of God, the Father of all the creation. But another father that's mentioned is the Father of lies. And that's Satan. And when you are a liar... There's a lostness in that because the way the truth and the life all work together. So if one is lying, that means you're not in truth. It means you're halfway dead at least, and it also means you ain't in the way, which means you're lost. And then what the Spirit helped me to see in that moment was Jesus was the Son of God, the Son of the Father, and y'all... The son of perdition was evil incarnate. Just like Jesus was God incarnate. Jesus was the word made flesh. Judas was the lie made flesh. You wonder what's going on with this. What's going on is God is saving his creation. So he comes in the form of Jesus of Nazareth to save his creation. But there has always been an adversarial force. When God made man back in Genesis, he said to man, mankind, man and woman, don't eat of the tree in the center of the garden. Not altogether because the tree was bad, but the tree had a resident. There was somebody who lived in the tree. For me, it was solitary confinement. The resident in that tree wasn't even allowed to operate in the population with everybody else. It had sinned against the creator and was locked into solitary confinement until there was a jailbreak by disobeying God. 
And now, just as God comes in the flesh, evil is also allowed to be incarnate. Let me rush. Yo, evil is a force that can be incarnate. Just like God, the Holy Spirit, is a force that can be incarnate, can be in the flesh, can be acted out, can be lived out. What you got to be careful of, I'll, I'll tell you a personal experience. I go to get pedicures from time to time because I need them. And I encourage brothers, go get a pedicure. But last week, no, this week, I can't, I can't, I was out of town at a convention. I think that was this week. And I needed my feet done. And I went to a place, asked if they did. I specifically said, do you do male pedicures? And there was a woman there who invited me in, and I went in to get my feet done. And honestly, I wanted to leave because she would look, ugh. Ugh. And, you know, brothers, we don't do that every day. So, you know, we might be holding our foot wrong, you know. And, you know, she kind of snatched my foot. I mean, I thought this was supposed to be hospitality. You understand? And then she took my foot and she put it up on that little thing and she started to use that little grater to get the cheese off. <laughs> and while she was doing that, She's like, ooh, ooh. Now, number one, I'm saved because there were a few titles that entered my mind to tell her and then walk out. She made me feel like something was wrong with me, not that my feet just needed work. What's your point, preacher? We have to understand the world of the spiritual enough to know that sometimes it isn't that person who's bad. That person just may have come under the usage of a spirit or a force. And we've got to know how to love the sinner and hate the sin. We've got to know how to deal with the patient, but we don't have to put up with the disease. Judas represents a disease, but the man himself, let's think about it. Can I get you to think about something? Where would we be if Judas hadn't had his role in the whole redemption drama? If Judas had not betrayed Jesus, where would we have been? Didn't mankind in the beginning betray God? It had to be incarnate even in the New Testament. But God is such a good and loving God that he looks beyond our faults and sees our needs. He looks beyond our inertia and sees our potential. 
And that's why sometimes when people do you wrong, you have to be careful about falling out with the people because those people just might have been under divine, demonic usage at that time. And don't tell me the devil ain't never used you. It ain't always the individual. It ain't that person who did something to you. There are times when there are spirits at work. But when you forget that this is primarily supernatural and you think it's all in the world of your emotionality and your intellectuality, your ass is grass. You're going to mess up. You're going to miss a blessing because God will bless you by any means necessary. So get off your high holy horse and pray for the spirit of discernment so you won't be blaming people for stuff that they ain't responsible for. <laughs> Judas was used by the demonic. Incarnate. Incarnate. Now let me close on this one point. I tell you I had a problem with none. What did the pastor say? Um, I kept all of them. Didn't lose none of them when I thought he should have said one of them. And I want to know, how come you said none instead of one? Because you remember when he was on the cross? And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. One of them he asked forgiveness for was Judas. Peter denied him, right? And when he rose that morning, he told the women, go tell my disciples and Peter. Peter got a second chance. Thomas doubted him, remember? And he told Thomas, come here, man. Come here, come here. Feel my side. And Peter said, I mean, Simon said, my Lord and my God. Am I right? He really didn't just totally cast Judas away. When he asked the Father for forgiveness, he wanted enough there for Judas as well. But Judas was going to have to come back and get it. You didn't hear me. He had forgiveness there for Judas. But Judas never went back to get it. He committed suicide. And our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters said, when you do that, you are involved in the sin of despair. And the sin of despair is that when you think your situation is so grave that not only can you not help yourself, but ain't nobody else who can help you. So Judas even wrote off the love and the forgiveness and the mercy of God. I'm here to tell you this morning that if Judas had gone back to Jesus and said, Lord, I'm sorry, he would be right now in the 12. Let me take it even farther. Y'all, even if Satan right now decided to tell the truth and admit that it is a lie and what it did was disobedient, I believe the power of God's love in his heart and the power of redemption in the blood of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Ghost in conviction would cause the devil to be saved. Y'all looking at me funny. 
Most of us know that us ain't always been as good as we is now. Uh, some of us know what the Lord done saved us from. Huh? I used to hear them old folk down south say, I was on my way to hell. <laughs> and he stopped me right there. Ain't you glad he stopped you? I'm sorry, I couldn't work that sermon out like I usually do others. That's it. The doors of the church are open. <laughs> 